Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHer Con is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. Taking action is very important. Starting to invest is very important. It's more important than finding the unicorn and finding these amazing deals. A good deal is a good deal. Just take action, invest, and then eventually you'll get a great deal. Before we get into it, I want to introduce you to Groundbreaker, today's sponsor and partner. They are an all-in-one suite of tools for small to medium-sized real estate syndicators. They've got a special focus on real estate syndicators with 1 million to 100 million assets under management. They help you increase productivity and investor satisfaction by automating fundraising, reporting, and investor relations through elegant and powerful workflows built by syndicators for syndicators. Groundbreaker will help you scale your business without the need to scale your overhead. So they're going to help reduce your costs because of the admin team that won't need to be as large. And they're going to help you reduce your risk of data breach because of the security systems that they have in place. They'll help you increase your revenue by growing your assets under management because you're going to be allowed to focus on the things that are most important, like business growth and operations, not those administrative logistics. And ultimately, they're going to help you elevate your company's brand and professionalism and investor experience because your investors are going to enjoy having this platform with all their information versus however you're currently doing it. Three things specifically about Groundbreaker I personally like. One, super easy to use from an investor standpoint and from a general partner standpoint. Two, it allows investors and general partners to fund electronically, meaning that a limited partner can complete their entire subscription and funding cycle without leaving the platform. And on the general partnership side, for distributions, you can set it up so that you can trigger bulk ACH payments within the platform. And then the last thing I really like about Groundbreaker is it's, well, it's cost effective. It's healthy to the bottom line. Their basic plan allows sponsors to sign up for as little as $100 per month with no limits on deals or investors. And you can read all about their pricing on their website. Speaking of their website, it is groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe, J-O-E. And when you go there, groundbreaker.co forward slash J-O-E. You're going to get access to a pitch deck that the Groundbreaker team created so that you have a template should you want to use that and customize it for your own deal. So go to groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. 
For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever Show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast where we only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluffy stuff with us today, Eric Martel. How you doing, Eric? Very good. How are you? Well, I'm glad to hear that, and I'm doing well. A little bit about Eric. He's a full-time real estate investor, has been for four years. He owns a turnkey rental provider. They sell 10 properties a month. His portfolio consists of 100 units in Midtown Memphis and currently based in Los Angeles, California. He's got a book coming out called Stop Trading Your Time for Money, and you can be notified about when that book launches and go check it out at martelleric.com forward slash book. So with that being said, Eric, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your current focus? My background, I was just a regular upbringing as a child in not poor family, but lower middle class, I would say. And I purchased my first apartment building when I was 18 years old, while I was still at university. And then after graduating, I was an actuary. And I was dismayed that to see like so many corporate pension plans basically being converted into 401ks. And that was really shifting a lot of the risk of retirement to the employees. So that made me reconsider the traditional belief about retirement planning and retirement saving. And a few years later, after the dot-com crash in 2001, so I lost a lot of money. And that was my turning point where I said, okay, well, I have to do something where I am in control of my investment and start working on passive income. I did a whole bunch of different businesses to get there. I was trying to get into real estate at that time, but I was in San Francisco and really the numbers didn't didn't make a lot of sense. The returns were very low. And if you wanted to to cash flow, you had to put a lot of money. So I did other things. I did gourmet sauce company. We did a low carb grocery store. We did all kinds of crazy things. And then really four or five years ago, we decided to get going on real estate with my two sons and things are going very well. And now we are helping other people also build a portfolio of passive income so that they can retire early, achieve financial freedom, and leave a legacy for future generations. You've done a decent amount of varying things. A grocery store? You owned a grocery store? Yeah, low-carb. You remember Atkins? We did like a low-carb. Yeah, low-carb grocery store. And then Atkins died out of all things. Mm -hmm. So... (laughs) So that was interesting. So yeah, so when Atkins passed away, then the low carb kind of disappeared or really was not as prominent. Mm-hmm. So we moved on. Then we did the gourmet sauce company. We worked at it for about five years. That was going very well. We were in Whole Foods across the country. We were in a bunch of other stores as well. And there was no traction. Five years of hard work and it didn't sell itself. The only time it would sell was if we were there in the stores doing in-store demos and all Mm -hmm. of that. So, yeah. Hmm. And then I heard earlier, which is most relevant to this conversation, 18 years old, you bought your first apartment building? Yeah, that's right. An eight-unit apartment building. And the thing is that when I bought this building, I didn't have any grand plans of uh, achieving financial freedom. I was 18 years old. I had my whole life in front of me. But I had met through a friend of mine, a mentor, a real estate investor. He was a community college teacher, was with modest salary. And he managed to build a 36-unit apartment building 45 minutes outside of Montreal. 
And then I was really intrigued by that. And he agreed to mentor me in to learn about real estate investment. So that's what I did. I kind of jumped at the opportunity and he basically mentored me throughout this whole process. So basically I kind of bought this building to prove that it can be done. I had no money down. I think I had $150 in the bank and I had to write a check for the mortgage application. It was like $75 and that really made a dent on my budget. (laughs) (laughs) You have to give half your money away to the bank for an application. It was crazy. If only they knew. Yeah, exactly. Right. Which they should have known. Yeah. Shame on them. Yeah. We were there in front of the public notary signing the documents and all of that. And then they kind of like, okay, well, does Eric have the money? Because I had to put like 20% down. And then they said, well, does Eric have the money down and stuff like that? And then the notary and the realtor and the seller were looking at each other and they said, oh yeah, yeah, he has that. No problem. Moving on. So the bank was satisfied that everybody was nodding that I had the money. And of course I didn't have the money. So that could have gone very bad. The rest of the money came from the seller. So I had like seller financing for the 25% that was left. And that's how I was able to buy it without any money down. Oh, so the 20% down that the bank was asking about, that came from the seller? The seller, yeah. Okay, because you got a second loan, like a second mortgage on it? Kind of second mortgage on the the property. But in the order, when you're signing a document, the first thing that you sign is you sign a sale agreement, then you sign the first mortgage on the first lien on the property. And at that point that the bank is asking, oh yeah, do you have a 20% or 25% down payment? And that's why everybody's looking, oh yeah, he has. <laughs> he has it, yeah. How many units? Yeah. That was eight units. Eight units. How much was yeah. the purchase price? It was not in a good part of town, I must say. So I think the purchase price at that time was $80,000, something mm-hmm. like that. And where was it? This was in the Trois-Rivières, Three Rivers, about 45 minutes outside of Montreal. Okay. Three rivers. What'd you do with it? Eventually I sold it because after that, when I became an actuary, I found a job in Toronto, which was six hours away from my investment. So I said, okay, well, I better get rid of it. So I sold it and made a little bit of profit. I think I made 15K profit Mm -hmm. uh, when I sold it. What was it like managing an eight unit as an 18 year old? That was the problem. This is where I made my mistake (laughs) is that uh, (laughs) I should have had a property management company to handle all of that. It was an exciting project and all of that. I'm very happy with it. But yeah, that really left a bitter taste in my mouth. I had to go there and fix things and fix the window, I remember, and then do some plumbing. And I hate doing plumbing. There was a leak in the wall or something like that. And I had to fix it. I don't know what I'm doing. That's the one thing where I made a mistake there. Mm-hmm. And so now let's fast forward to today. You have a portfolio of 100 units in Midtown Memphis. Yeah. We started doing single family. A few years back, we just did single family. We just did, I don't know if you're familiar with the Burr. I am, but would you mind just yeah. quickly saying yeah, and what the, it is? Yeah, so the Burr is basically you're buying a distressed property. So this is the B, buy the distressed property. Then you renovate it. Then you rent it out. And then you refinance. And then you repeat. So that's how we got started. We bought our first single family rental in Memphis. 
We renovated it, rented it out, and then we refinanced it. Then we did it again. We did two more, and then we did three more. And that's how we got started. And we've done a lot of interesting things that you pointed out before with the low-carb grocery store and the gourmet sauce company and a couple of other businesses that we did. So our friends started asking questions. What are the Martels doing? <laughs> uh, <laughs> So they started asking questions about that as well. And then Memphis, like, why Memphis? And what are you guys doing? <laughs> so then they wanted to invest with us. So then they, we started to do like joint ventures and all of that. And then we went to Cleveland. We opened that market as well in Cleveland. And at that point, we said, well, we should really do the turnkey rental business. We have so many people that are interested. Let's do that. And that's when basically Martel Turnkey was founded because we had these friends and close people that we knew in our network that were interested in building the passive income the same way we started. And then from that, we invested in apartment buildings. We did such a great job in Memphis with the renovations that people noticed it. And then a realtor contacted us and said, hey, are you interested in buying an apartment building? And so, oh, yeah. So we jumped at the opportunity and we bought our, that one was a 20-unit apartment building. We renovated it. And when we did that project, it was in Midtown Memphis in a pretty visible area. So they noticed that, oh yeah, this, they did a good job. And actually the seller of that apartment building kept getting compliments about, oh, you did a great job renovating your, your apartment <laughs> building and stuff like that. So he said, oh, well, actually I sold it. <laughs> so the sellers, he had a whole portfolio of apartment buildings. And so mm -hmm. he contacted us and said, well, you did such a great job with that one. Are you interested in, he showed us a whole portfolio and he was kind of divesting from that and moving into a different type of investment. So we got our pick of other apartment buildings from that. And then we had more opportunities come our way. So what did you buy from him after that? So after that, we bought another apartment building, also in Midtown Memphis as well, in what's called Overton Square. That's a very nice area. They have live outdoor concerts, lots of bars and restaurants and stuff. That's a very dynamic area. And we're literally half a block away from that location. And that's booming. Memphis is really booming. In that same area, they're building a new hotel called the Memphian. How many units was that other one? The first one was 20 units. This right. one is 24 units. And then, and then we got a bunch of other ones after that too. Anything that. larger than 24 units? No, these are pretty much that size. We have 16 to, to 24 units. Yeah. Percentage of real estate investors who are focused on multifamily would stay away from 16 units, 20 units, 24 units especially if they weren't local because of the property not being able to pay for staff to oversee it. How do you get around that? Well, for us, we have a property management company and it's actually the same property management company that is managing our single family rentals and these apartment buildings. So it's the same professional property management company. Third they have party all the process. or you own them? It's third, third, third party. party. Okay. Yeah. So they're doing a great job. They're professional. They know what needs to be done. And it's really the same thing. There's no difference for us, whether it's a single family or a multifamily. We don't have anybody on location either, like a superintendent, or mm -hmm. uh, we don't have an office on site. So it's just a property management company that handles all of that. What type of learning curve was there for the property management company to manage 24-unit property 
if they weren't already doing that for other landlords. Yeah, they were already doing that for okay. other landlords. But that's a good point. If you're dealing with a property management company right now that only handles single family rentals, and now you want to get into the multifamily, you may have to find a different property management company to handle that. It is slightly different how it is handled. In what ways is it slightly different? Well, there's a lot more traveling around in the single family rental. I mean, if you want to go and visit your 16 tenants in 16 different houses, then your property management company has to travel a little bit more to get things done. You have 16 roofs that you have to deal with. You have 16 times four exterior walls that you have to deal with. So for the property management company, it's different from that perspective and different market. If they're dealing with one apartment building in terms of maintenance and all that's a little bit easier, I would say, but they're also dealing with other problem because typically it's in another area. It's not a residential area. So for us, like we're in Midtown. So if you're in Midtown Memphis, there's a little bit more, it's not a serious crime, but you have more serious problems. People, vagrants that are walking around and you have to be careful about that. Also, because you have all these people in the apartment building, then there's more potential conflicts, I would say, between tenants. Your music is too loud and blah, 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 and these kinds of things. If mm -hmm. single family rentals, you don't have to deal with that. Or the barbecues, or especially in Memphis, they do a lot of barbecues. So <laughs> they got good barbecue there, of course. They, they do, they, they do. They should be doing barbecues. Yeah. What deal have you lost the most amount of money on? I think it was really a single family rental. We haven't lost really that much money. Out of 200 more properties that we did, we probably lost money on, I would say, maybe five Wh properties. Which one did you lose the most? Less on? than 10. And I think that one we lost the most on, going from memory, I think it was $9,000. That's, that's how much we that's lost. That's nothing compared to yeah. the good stuff. Yeah, that's Do you right. remember yeah. what happened on that deal? There's a couple of things. There was a plumbing issue in the wall, and we didn't know about it because we didn't open any of the walls. We just did our thing, and then the main stack had an issue with it, and then we had to fix that. The one that happened last month was uh, there was a lot of rain in Cleveland, and then we had seepage in the basement of one of the units. And we had done some seal from the inside, and everything seemed fine. But then there was like torrential rain, and now the water started seeping in. So we had to go and spend $6,000 that we were not planning to spend on that renovation. So yeah, these kinds of things. So this one, we didn't lose money, but every once in a while, you do get surprises like that where you actually have to plan for that. And on the flip side, what deal have you made the most money on? Sorry, there are so many. <laughs> um, <laughs> I have to order them. Yeah. One of them, we literally bought a building and then at a very low price, way below market. And all we had to do was paint the inside, just clean it up. And then we sold it and we made 30% profit on that property. Wow. What'd you buy it for? I think we bought it for 60 or something like that. And then oh. we sold it for 90 or... And all you did was paint it? All we did was paint it. Huh. Yeah. How can I find one of those? Well, we're still looking. So <laughs> we call those the unicorns. And then, so it, we... Out of the 200 more properties that we did, I think we had two or three of these unicorns. So mm -hmm. where we just didn't was there any work. common denominator for how you found those unicorns compared to other properties that you found? 
No, it's just a cast a wide net. Yep. And then every once in a while, you're going to get something good. It's really about the numbers, how many properties you do. And then that's when you're going to find these things. That's why one of the advice that I give to investors that are getting started too, is that they keep looking for that great deal. They say, oh yeah, well, this is good. This is a good deal, but I think I can find a better deal. A good deal is a good deal. Just get it and then move on and then do another couple of good deals. And eventually you're going to find a great deal. Mm-hmm. But taking action is very important. Starting to invest is very important. It's more important than finding the unicorn and finding the, these amazing deals. A good deal is a good deal. Just take action, invest, and then eventually you'll get a great deal. I'm going to ask you to dig deep. And in addition to that advice, I'm going to ask you for additional advice because the format of the show, I have to ask the question because we got like some music that leads up to it and everything else. So (laughs) be on your toes and here we go. What is your best real estate investing advice ever outside of what you just mentioned? I'd say take action. I think this is critical. I think Mm -hmm. people are just on the sideline, either waiting for the great deal ever or something like that, or they keep moving around. I think it's important for people to take action and invest in something. There's a lot of talk, not a lot of action. We're going to do a lightning round. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Okay, I'll do my best. I'm not very good at that. (laughs) Well, just a couple questions. First, though, a quick word from our best ever partners. Groundbreaker helps you increase productivity and investor satisfaction by automating fundraising, reporting, and investor relations through elegant and powerful workflows built by syndicators for syndicators. Go to groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe. That's groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe to get a free deal pitch deck template. Are you interested in getting started in real estate syndication but don't know how? My friend Whitney Sewell is the host of the Daily Real Estate Syndication Show podcast. He interviews top experts in the industry to help you learn the cutting-edge tools and strategies of the syndication business. You can find Whitney and his podcast at lifebridgecapital.com. All right, best ever way you like to give back to the community. I like the food donation thing. I forget what the organization is, but yeah, I like that. I've done a few of those and I really like that. How can the best ever listeners learn more about what you're doing? They can go on martelleric.com. That's my website. And then you can connect with everything else I do. My book, my podcast, everything. Thank you so much for being on the show, Eric, and talking about your portfolio accumulation and your focus now with Turnkey Company. Congrats on the book that's coming out, Stop Trading Your Time for Money. And enjoyed hearing about some of the lessons learned as well as the good stuff too. So appreciate it. Hope you have the best ever day and talk to you again soon. Great. Thank you very much.